Hello and welcome to the iChiefs podcast series brought to you by the International Association of Fire Chiefs. This is a podcast series not only for our members within the IAFC, but really for any fire service leader who wants to learn about engaging topics to our industry, innovation, leadership skills, and all the other emerging subjects that are important in our arena. I'm Tom Jenkins, Fire Chief of the City of Rogers, Arkansas, and a past IAFC president. And I'm Sheldon Gilbert, former Fire Chief of the Alameda County, California Fire Department, and now ESCI Chief Development and Strategy Officer at the IAFC. We're glad you're here because this podcast is designed for you, the fire and EMS community. Before we start this week's topic, make sure to check out our library of episodes at iafc.org slash podcasts and subscribe to our podcast series at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you think the content is great, be sure to share it with your crew and give us a good rating or a thumbs up. Thank you to all our listeners for joining us today for this episode of the iChiefs podcast series, where we're talking with fire chiefs who are new to their position. And so we've uh, selected a few fire chiefs from across the country who are bringing their experience and their knowledge and their background. And they're talking to us about what endeavors and what challenges they have in attaining that fifth bugle and how it's going for uh, their new agencies in this particular circumstance. I'm Tom Jenkins, and I'm joined uh, with my co-host, Sheldon Gilbert. Hello, Tom. Great to be here on this episode and talk to uh, a couple fire chiefs uh, who came from kind of a different route, but ended up um, in that place of being a fire chief fairly new to their organization. Um, we have with us today, we're honored to be joined by Fire Chief Matt Love, who is the fire chief of the St. Cloud, Minnesota Fire Department. My understanding is, Chief, you've been there about five or six months. Um, you had a long, distinguished uh, career before that uh, as Fire Chief with the Fort Myers, Florida Fire Department. You spent some time in the Division of Training in Colorado Springs um, as your Certified Chief Officer, uh, National Fire Academy graduate, master's degree. So you've, you've checked all the boxes, you've had a successful career, and you've, you've made a recent move. And so this is an opportunity for us to have some of our listeners who either perhaps are new fire chiefs or are aspiring to be a fire chief or even somebody who's been a fire chief a long time to kind of get an, an indication and, a, and an idea of what's going on out there with the industry as you take on a, a, a fire department in this new and unique time. So, Chief, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about your agency and what the, the St. Cloud, Minnesota Fire Department is all about and why you're there? Well, thank you both for the great introduction. I'm glad to be here. It's good to speak to all the listeners out there. I uh, did have a unique path. I just recently came from Fort Myers Beach, Florida to uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. And you can imagine both the uh, climate change is enough to deal with, but being dropped in a new state, new city is, is fun as well. But grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So the seasons were a little partial to and we're happy to be back in the seasons. I also, uh, this is my third, third time being a fire chief, and but the first time with the city. Private, uh, prior to that, both were with fire districts. And as you know, that's a lot different makeup. So that's been one of the unique, both challenges and opportunities here in St. Cloud. And partially that's why uh, why we made the move. I was ready to, to be with the city. I have a young family and wanted to put down some roots and have them grow up here in the Midwest and be close to family. Well, I think that's fantastic. And I admire your path that you, you likely have um, some perspective that 
many of our listeners uh, don't have in that you have been fire chief for other agencies and other states. And so I hope today that you'll share with us some of um, you know, some of those lessons learned that I, I learned a long time ago that um, all good fire chiefs kind of walk with a limp. And uh, and I think we have to learn from each other's you know successes. Those are the fun thing. But also, you know, maybe what we wish we could have a few um, you know, do overs along the way, too. So tell us about your career before you became chief. Where, where, where did you start? Where did you get the interest to you know, take on this executive level of leadership? And, and tell us you know, about your pedigree in the fire service. Sure. Well, like most people, you work about seven jobs to get the job you want. And the job I wanted was with the city of Colorado Springs Fire Department. So I volunteered. I worked nights on the ambulance. I worked paid on call until I got that job. But when I got that job with the Colorado Springs Fire Department, I kept working the other seven jobs on my day off. You know, who else can who else can say they did that as well, right? The more fire, the more experience. Uh, Colorado Springs is an incredibly progressive organization. I learned so much about what it meant to be a, a positive fire department from the Springs. And so as I moved through the ranks there, I had already been, been in the county and had promoted to division chief of training in the county and really found a passion in running a training division and training program management. And so as I promoted finally and, and got the fire chief job in the county, it was time to stop working those seven jobs. Uh, and, and hard as it was to separate from the city of Colorado Springs, I knew I really had found my love in the fire service and it was the executive fire leadership. So I like to speak on leadership. I was traveling the country at the time speaking on leadership, both in and out of the fire service. And I was able to kind of blend those two passions of the fire service leadership and maybe add some of my nerdiness about budgeting and political acumen to, to the menu and, and got to do it all. And I, I say the, the higher rank you get, the more people you get to work for. And it is definitely that way as the fire chief, the impact you can have on the organization, the city, the community is so much greater. And it just really attracted me to that. So doing that outside of Colorado Springs for several years, um, kind of learned, you kind of alluded to it, some of the best fire chiefs are the ones that walk with a limp. Well, they're the ones that have been exposed to some of the, the harder stuff. And I knew to be the best fire chief, I needed to get out of the box, uh, not just work in the county I grew up in and wrote every policy and so forth. So we moved across the country to Fort Myers Beach, Florida, and uh, certainly a different fire service. A lot of great things has come have come out of the Florida Fire Service, a pretty aggressive state fire training program, uh, different labor management relations from the East Coast influence, and then covering a couple barrier islands. So that's certainly different uh, for a Colorado guy. But that gave me that growth and that development I was looking for. Definitely high challenge. We wanted to stay at least five years in Florida. We made it about six because my kids were getting of the, the age I wanted to lay down some roots. And so we started looking around for more of a Midwest fire department. And uh, as I said, you know, St. Cloud was one of our one of our finalist choices and just felt right for for our family. But I was also really excited to be part of a city's senior leadership team and not just run a fire district. And though that's that's been kind of a new challenge here in St. Cloud, I just love watching city department heads work across departments to to achieve the mission. And it's very different, obviously, in a district where you have a, a different compilation of folks, but you're very much independent from the cities you protect. That's a um, that's a perfect segue to kind of where I wanted to, to go with um, the next question for you, Chief. And that is that, you know, there's. There's a segment of individuals who, who want to be fire chief uh, from sometimes early on in their career. Sometimes they're surprised by it, sometimes somewhere in the middle. But one thing is for sure that if you want to hold that top five bugle spot, you're going to have to set yourself apart from other candidates at that point. And we've already established that fire chiefs walk with a limp. And, and, and that's partially because uh, 
we're, we're not necessarily risk averse in all cases and in other, in other uh, instances it's because we expose ourselves and put ourselves out there to make a difference. And sometimes we just step in it. <laughs> so uh, in any case, you had a very long and distinguished career with a securitous route where you did a lot of different things. But what would you tell the other aspiring fire chiefs that you did that set yourself apart from other candidates for these positions? Well, you, you know, Sheldon, you hit on one right there of we're going to miss the mark sometimes. We're going to make mistakes. So there's no superiority that comes with the bugles on, on your collar. You're not more superior than anyone else. You just have a different job to do. And I think one of the keys to set yourself up for success, both when you're looking to become a fire chief or even with the folks you you represent as the fire chief is being very open right off the bat of saying, I'm going to make some mistakes. And I hope that we can all have grace with each other when we make those mistakes and, and a little blanket fall on, if you will. And I'll have that grace with you if you have that grace with me. And and um, being the fire chief is is not because the fire chief is better than the battalion chiefs and better than the firefighter. Not at all. We're just set up to do a different job. I always talk about our captains. You know, they have a B.A. in the back of the seat. They live and train with that crew for 24 hours. They're set up to lead them into battle versus a battalion chief is set up with the mobile office and the command center to best command the incident. One's not better than the other. We're just set up to do a different job and refine that job. So I think uh, to answer it in one word, it's a little bit of humility right off the bat of saying, I'm going I'm to mess up a little bit. And um, that's okay. We're going to learn from that. And, and in fact, we tend to build credibility with our troops and the folks we represent when we do make mistakes and how we handle those mistakes, you know, and, and I think that's a, uh, that's a great opportunity, but you have to focus uh, on looking at, at looking at it as an opportunity, and not you know not stumble and, and just say, "Hey, I did it," and let's let's figure out how to how to get out of it. Just like you said, we're going to step in it a little bit. We're going to make some mistakes, and that is all about how we get better. And if we show that we're doing that to our team, I think it it really creates a culture of folks realizing, "Okay, I, I can do that too. It's okay." Matt, I think you're right. Um, you know, these are these are tough leadership roles, and I suppose any leadership roles. Uh, has its fair share of difficulties, but being a little self-deprecating and being able to say you're sorry in a sincere format is almost a lost art with some folks. And I know it's something I've had to learn the hard way too. And so I've, I, I think your comments are spot on. So uh, as a as a unique fire chief, you've you've you're on your third department um, in a in your third state. You've you've been able to learn both formally and and through your own experiences. I, I'm curious up there in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Now that you've you've got the fifth bugle, you're up there uh, working. You you got it. You got there in January, right, of this year. Uh, December. We, December. Okay. I had a little overlap with the outgoing fire chief, which was super nice. A good, a good healthy changeover. So a lot. Of, where I hear, I'm helping a couple of, uh, of friends of mine that are trying to attain that fifth bugle right now, and I'm always fascinated when people get it and they're in that first. You know, we call it honeymoon period kind of what they think your assessment is probably more vital because you, you just have that, uh, that gray hair from being a fire chief already. How, how's it going up in St. Cloud so far? What, what's your, what's your pulse of the, the situation and, and how things are? Well, in addition to the geographic location and the seasons, one of the biggest things that brought me here was the reputation of our firefighters. Um, they have a reputation of great work ethic, being really masters of their craft, caring about, heavy training and getting better and continuous improvement. And um, I don't, you know, I'm not going to lie and say it's, it's not that way everywhere. It's not. And I was very much attracted to that reputation. Um, but they also wanted to be pushed. 
Um, I was contacted several times throughout the process that we're ready for somebody to push us to the next level. We want leadership. We want organizational structure and let's get going. And so I had to come in with both a plan, but that plan had to be loose enough to be molded around what this organization needs. And that would be one of my biggest tips for the, the next group of chiefs is when you do finally promote to the fifth bugle or move on to your next organization, have a plan based on experience, but at the same time, be able to pull some audibles and deviate because I'm a firm believer I shouldn't show up with a plan and say, this is how we're going to do it. It really needs to be a plan catered to our organization. And so for the first, like you said, it's been almost six months. For the first few months, I did what I call chat with the chief. And I go to every single fire station on every single shift. And yes, that's a huge time commitment um, and spend three or four hours with that crew. But that gave me the opportunity to almost do a little SWOT analysis, you know, gain what they thought the strengths were, where they thought we should work on. We had some dialogue on what their expert expectations were of me as their fire chief. What does that look like in, in action? And um, what do they think the fire chief does? And I know that's kind of a funny question, but until you've done that job, oh my goodness, right? You have no idea. And so we tried to have some real healthy dialogue about what do you think the fire chief should be doing? And I give them two examples. I said, some people think you're not a great fire chief unless every time they're out there in the bay training, you're pulling hose with them. Or some people think you're not a good fire chief unless I never see you because you should be at city hall wearing a suit, getting the job done. And the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? And so we had a great conversation with all of these crews about how can I meet their expectations and what are my job duties um, that are very separate from theirs to get us long-term the things we need to be successful. So again, back to humility, but really just some frank conversations of what does it look like to be successful? And it opened the door for me to give some of my expectations that I have of our folks of everything from value things to operational things to turnout times and seatbelts, you know, all those things that matter to me. I was able to give those those expectations to our folks face to face with every single member of the organization. And I think that can go a long way to kind of set that honeymoon period up for success until you you reach some challenge. So that's great. And and you mentioned a plan. And and I think that those of us that have participated in fire chiefs processes or even any executive level chief officer process, one of the frequent questions you get is, what are you going to do in your first 100 days, right? What are you going to do in that first quarter and a half? And you've just exited that period. And so I think it'd be interesting to kind of let the folks hear um, what has been your biggest challenge and your biggest success exiting that kind of 100-day plan, Mark? Great. And did you present them with a 100-day plan? I did a 90 day assessment to the, the mayor and the city administrator based on my findings of the organization. And so that was based, you know, back back from that of my plan within the first you know, couple of months of how I would prioritize things. And I think, um, as you mentioned, every fire chief probably has 1000 things they'd like to do in those first 120 days. But you can't do 1000. You get to do 100. Right. And so how do you strategize what's a priority and what's what's not. And of course, as you mentioned, when you've been a fire chief a couple times before, it makes it a little smoother because you know what really what, what mattered the most first and so forth. But one of the things I'll share with you for, as an answer to that question was I have several different plans and one I call the internal communication plan. I have never met an organization that didn't say, gosh, I wish communication could be better. Just like I've never been to a fire where we didn't say, gosh, our communication could be a little better. And so one of the lessons learned from failures was developing this communications plan for our organization. And I rolled that out within the first month. 
And that had a variety of internal ways we would communicate up and down and across the organization to make sure we were reaching every member in a positive way. And again, I didn't dream that baby up. I, I messed up. <laughs> right. I had made some mistakes in previous organizations where I lost face time. Um, COVID was hard on fire chiefs like me that really like to be out and about and in front of their people. And we were really trying to separate people for a while that did damage. Right. I didn't get the face time with my folks. And so I learned a lot of lessons from those and I put them into this communication plan. And so that was one of the successes learned from failures of really being proactive and having several modes of communication. I think some of that also relates to our firefighters today and several generations within the fire service. And just if you're a chief that can only communicate via email, you're not going to get everybody. You're not going to hit them the right way. And if you only text and if you only video and all those, you really got to get good with maybe even a little tech savvy, right? And get good at all that sort of stuff. So we're hitting folks just like when we learn in, you know, fire instructor 101, when we train people, there's several different modes of learning. It's, it's the same way with communication. And I think having that plan in place, was one of the biggest successes from my previous failures. I like it. Uh, I, I read uh, Rudy Giuliani's book called Leadership. That's however many years old now. Uh, you know, he hangs his hat on the Monday morning meeting that there's there's something to be said for visiting with people, communicating, being accessible. And, and I can tell from your demeanor, you're not just a good communicator and somebody who's accessible to the troops but you're also somebody who appears to have a, a pretty steady personality that you're not worried about a Jekyll Hyde uh, fire chief, which is never too popular with the troops. Um, okay. I've, I've got, uh, I've got two questions that I want to kind of fire at you real quick. And so my apologies if I'm, I'm, I'm being too rough, but I want to know, I've sat on the IFSTA executive board for a couple of years. I want to know in, on the chief officer book, what chapters missing in your opinion? Ooh. You're going to give me a soapbox to hop on, Chief. Thank you. So um, I'll try and keep this very short. But years back, I I talked a lot about leadership with our organization. And, and I you know proclaimed the servant leadership model for our organization, just assuming everybody knows what that meant. <laughs> and it was quickly slapped. I got slapped in the face, you know, a couple months later. Some people confused that with servitude. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I haven't done a great job of articulating what that really means. And so I went on a little rant. And at the time, I, uh, I wrote for several different publications. One was a leadership magazine. And I wrote something called The Formula for Servant Leadership. And it was really vivid examples of what it truly means to serve your team. And I always use an example of parenting. You know, my kiddos may not like it when I tend my 10-year-old to time out, but it's actually to serve him. So even discipline, even training, even coaching, and yes, cheerleading is all part of servant leadership. So if I was going to add a chapter to one of those books, it wouldn't just be leadership generic. It would be really digging into what it looks like to serve your team in leadership. And it's not always warm and fuzzy. It's definitely not easy, as we talked about. I don't know who said it, but they said, you know, if you want everybody to like you, be the ice cream man. Don't be, don't be the fire chief, right? It's not about everybody liking you. It's about taking care of your team, just like my 10-year-old. And sometimes in ways they may not even know they need to be taken care of. And sometimes that's the hard part. So I came up with this little um, calculation. It's called L plus M times SH equals the WP. Leadership plus management multiplied by a servant's heart equals the whole package. And really, that is something we talk about here quite a bit at our organization when we get into leadership philosophy of what does it look like to serve people in leadership? 
And so we get away from the generic part of leadership and what it really looks like. And so that would be the chapter I would add. And I'd love to write it myself if you'll give me the opportunity. So if you want to hook me up with IFSTA, I'll, I'll push it hard. <laughs> I have absolutely no authority uh, or uh, probably respect, uh, but <laughs> but I was curious. Um, okay, here's here's my here's my follow up question or my final question as we wrap up is, you know, we get hundreds of fire chiefs, presumably fire chief, hundreds, thousands of fire chiefs download these podcasts. They'll take a listen to it on their commute while they're traveling, whatever they're doing. And uh, we always like to close with with just some some nuggets of information, some takeaways that that hopefully will stick in their brains, especially because there are a lot of people in this business that that have anxiety about moving up that, uh, you know, that, that they struggle sometimes to put together the academic environment with experience and just that equation you, you just shared, I, I think illustrates it, that it really is a balance and a mix of a lot of ingredients to be successful. And, and it's tough to get there, right? You, you can't just read it in a book and apply it and think you're going to be successful. You have to learn your own way. So if, if I'm a company officer or a, you know, a battalion chief, district chief, and I'm listening to this podcast and I'm upwardly mobile and I want to be a fire chief. I want to be a, a Matt Love in some organization in my career's future. What would you give them as far as advice? What would you tell them about how they should be preparing themselves? And that can be in any theater you think might be important. Well, when Sheldon was talking about, um, certifications and education and all those all the like you said checking the box on all the stuff you have to do to become a fire chief i would i would encourage those folks to look at that stuff as a baseline and look at that stuff as none of this matters none of that stuff matters unless i use it for the betterment of my folks and my organization and we get very caught up on all the letters after our name and all that sort of stuff and it's meaningful i mean that's baseline education that really gives you the tools to get the job done but but none of those letters after your name manage, matter unless we figure out ways to use them to affect our folks every day. And, and, you know, I'm passionate about that. So that would be one of the biggest takeaways is right now as a captain or as a battalion chief or wherever you sit, look at all this stuff you've been doing for the last 20 years or 15 years of your career and, and make sure you're using every little bit of that to actually serve and take care of the people around you. It's so much more about them than you, right? Being the fire chief is not about you, right? It's about that team you lead and the folks you work with. And, and it's, it's tough to wrap your head around that at sometimes, but use all that cool stuff, you know, use all that stuff the fire service has given us from an education certification experience standpoint, but make sure every day you're looking at ways to use it and give it back, use it to better your team. And um, I put a sticky note in my locker back when I was a, uh, uh, a division chief had a locker still and the little sticky note said, what would the ideal division chief do? And now I have one right here on my desk. What would the ideal fire chief do? And I think it's, it's critical for us to think about every day when we're dealing with these tough situations is what would the ideal me do with all this cool stuff, all this education I've been given, how am I using it to give back to folks? And, and I, I genuinely mean that. The other tip I would give a takeaway would be look at the systems and the foundational principles within your organization that make it successful. And as you do promote to that final top rank, and there's a thousand things to do, but you can only do 100, the 100 should be really built on these foundational principles and these systems that equal long-term success. Like our core elements and mission, vision, and values, and leadership philosophy, those things are going to matter for the long run versus the little shiny things are going to matter for the short term. So focus on the long run and really focus on all these 
education items and certification, all experience, how do I now give that back to people and, and do something with it? Chief Love, you've been an excellent interview today. We appreciate uh, you sharing some time with us and, and giving us your insight and into that fifth bugle and your experiences that you've had in three different departments. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate that as well. Well, we've been visiting with Chief Matt Love of the St. Cloud, Minnesota Fire Department. We hope all of our listeners today have enjoyed this topic where we're talking with fire chiefs who are new in the position. Of course, Chief Love is a veteran fire chief, just happens to be in a new department. And you can see what he's doing and what's going on with the wonderful firefighters of St. Cloud, Minnesota by visiting their department on the web at www.ci.stcloud.mn.us slash fire or checking them out on Twitter at St. Cloud, M-I-N-N. I encourage our listeners to remember some of the sage advice given to us by Chief Love that the higher the rank you have, it really is the more people that you work for and that it can take seven jobs just to get the job that you want. Hard work plays into this profession. It's important to know how to mess up and give grace and that it really is the whole package that you offer, including a servant's heart, not just certifications, credentials, diplomas, or what's on your resume. Thank you for joining us today to all of our listeners. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us. If you like what you heard, leave a rating and review. We also encourage you to recommend the podcast to other chiefs in the business. We'll be back soon with another exciting episode of the iChiefs podcast series. Thank you.